So we are live and welcome back to our weekly live stream. Many technical problems this evening. Martin's line has just crashed and Patrick was unable to join us due to an audio problem. Lord willing, both will come in to the live stream shortly. But the subject this evening is going to be on the subject of why is Allah, why is Muhammad so great? What makes him so special? Many people around the world are very uh, keen to applaud Islam. They like to uh, give such a religion a free card, as it were. Just last night I was watching something, an interesting uh, program about a guy who went to prison, was a criminal, of course, and while he was in prison, came out of prison, and of course he had converted to Islam. Met up with a young lady, she thought very highly of him, didn't swear, uh, didn't drink, didn't do drugs would pray three or four, maybe five times a day. She was very impressed with uh, her new man, his new look. And I watched that very carefully. I was very keen to know what was the appeal. And of course, it's obvious to me that Islam is romanticized, whereas Christianity is uh, ridiculed. Well, hopefully, Lord willing, Martin will join us shortly. And hopefully, Patrick will join us shortly. But this is the first live stream. <laughs> That we've done where we've had any major technical problems this of course is a dark subject not many people want to speak about islam if you live in the uk politicians are for the most part applauding islam i remember when 9 11 took place a few days afterwards there was an event which took place uh, at ground zero the clintons were there many mullahs were there many muslims were watching all over the world and people were very keen to uh, so many famous people turning up and a guy started to give the call to prayer and of course the West were falling over themselves to applaud the so-called Islamic deity. Well the plan for this evening will be to look at Muhammad and I've got many articles on Muhammad, Allah and I've just realized my Bible is to the other side of me so this is a great, this is a great uh, live broadcast so bear with me as we uh, do the best we can but uh, Let's start, if we can, in uh, Joshua 24. I have to do this online. I haven't got my Bible to hand. Uh, I've got a few verses in mind, which I haven't actually written down. So let's see how this goes. As Christians, of course, we start with the Bible. That will be our uh, final authority. And we don't just use the Bible for the fun of it. We use it for a purpose. Brother Martin, can you hear me loud and clear? I can hear you loud and clear, James, but I think we've got some demons in the system this evening. It I must think be the you're right. It must be the subject matter, James. I think you're right. Well, I've left my Bible on my table to the left of me, so I'm going to have to read my notes uh, <laughs> or the verses online. We're going to start in Joshua 24. I'm not sure if you could hear my opening comments. I'm hopefully wait for Patrick to uh, come into the stream. Patrick, are you with us? Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Uh, clear. Uh -huh. Is Are you able to hear us okay? I can hear and I can see you both. Oh, I'm back. Okay, now. So, great. Okay, so we're now no, good no. to go. Uh, we're good to go. Martin, Thank can you, you still hear us okay? Yes, uh, loud and clear. Okay, just get Patrick back on. And we'll try one more I think time. We're, we're fine now. A little bit, bit of a glitch, Martin. Demon. Yes. Okay. You sound good, Martin. Uh, Patrick, you both you sound good as well. Can you still hear good. me okay? Yeah, everything's good. 
Okay, well, I've been slightly uh, thrown with the technical problems, uh, problems before we went live <laughs> yeah. this evening. So go to Joshua 24, people, please. Uh, yeah. Joshua 24, I have to read this online. And I want to start in verse 8 just to lay the uh, context for this evening's message. Like I said a few moments ago, we start with the Bible, not just for uh, nostalgic reasons, but we start with the Bible because, of course, Christ is the spirit of prophecy, Ninety. Six prophecies about a man before he ever lived, and uh, nearly all have come to pass, and those which haven't come to pass will come to pass at the second advent, of course. Let's start in Joshua 24, like verse 8. And I brought you into the land of the Amorites, which dwelt on the other side Jordan, and they fought with you, and I gave them into your, ha uh, into your hand, that you might possess their land. And I destroyed them from before you. So straight away you see that the Amorites are enemies, of uh, Israel had been for many a year, many pagans uh, that uh, the Jews were expected to remove from the land. And sometimes people say, uh, why would the Lord give uh, his people the order to remove enemies uh, from the land? Well, of course, the Lord is like the world's policeman. Look at verse 2 from Joshua 24. And Joshua, which of course means Jesus, said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. One of the gods that they would serve would be, of course, Allah, Allah being the moon god. And uh, again, verse 3, And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan, modern-day Israel, and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac, uh, verse 14, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods, the gods, Allah being one of them, which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, type of the world, and serve ye at the Lord. And uh, verse 15, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. You can't be on the fence, of course. Whether the gods which your father served, that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Well, of course, straight away you see that Joshua is speaking up for his wife. And the man is always ahead over the family. And when that doesn't happen, you've got many problems. The women will have to step up. And uh, when the women uh, step up, it puts a lot of pressure on them. And, of course, their children will always suffer. So we start with Joshua uh, chapter 24 to make the case how the Jews, before Jehovah was, would call them, were worshipping many other gods. And one of the gods that they were serving was, of course, Allah, meaning the moon god. Martin, any thoughts before we continue on? Uh, I think this uh, this moon god uh, theme, James, uh, even from the from, from the Egyptians, uh, you know, throughout history, you've got uh, lots and lots of re religion. They seem to be obsessed with the moon, the sun, the Jupiter, the planets, you know, all the up above things. And of course, we're going to obviously cover in this uh, subject matter, the uh, the black stone, which yes. uh, apparently fell from heaven above, um, yeah. uh, which is believed to be a meteorite, although the, uh, the Islamic uh, culture don't believe that, of, of course. Um, so, yes, uh, we're going to be uh, touching on some interesting points this evening, James. Patrick, what are your thoughts so far? 
Yes, absolutely. A very controversial subject, no doubt about it. Since 9-11, of course, we're much more aware of Islam uh, and jihad and so forth. And anyone who travels throughout the world now goes through a lot of inconvenience to get onto aircraft. And it's all due to uh, the, uh, the Islamic attack on the West using religion as a weapon. <clears throat> Yeah, absolutely. And of course, all the security at the airports since 9-11 has been down to one particular religion. And, and it's not Buddhist. the Buddhists, and it's not the Catholics, no. and it's not Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, it's Islam, of course. Yeah. So the problem was for the Jews, before they were called by Jehovah to serve him and only him, they had many gods. They were uh, polytheist. And of course, the Lord stepped in, called them out of Egypt, type of the world, like I say, and they were told to leave their gods behind. Go to uh, Deuteronomy, I think it's uh, 18. Uh, I'm going by memory now. Deuteronomy 18. Uh, let's keep building on and get some more context. Look at verse 15. The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet, capital P, from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me, Moses is speaking, of course, unto him you shall hearken, according to all that thou desirest of the Lord thy God in Horab, in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see this great fire any more, that I die not. And the Lord said unto me, They have well spoken, that which they have spoken. I will raise them up a prophet, capital P, from among their brethren, like unto thee, and I put my words in thy mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command them. If you speak to a Jew, and if a Jew reads this piece of scripture, he will say, well, there you are, you see, that's in reference to the Messiah, who one day will come. Of course, for them, the Messiah has yet to come. If you speak to a Christian, we will say that this is in reference to the Messiah, who's already been and gone. And if you speak to a Muslim, they will say this is in reference to Muhammad three different interpretations but go back to verse 15 again the lord thy god before you got saved if you are a saved person you're outside of the kingdom of god you are lost alone in the world without any hope outside of the covenants of the lord so we know that the jewish god is speaking to the jewish people the lord thy god will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee he will come from among you of thy brethren he's going to be jewish that knocks out muhammad like unto me Moses and Messiah, Messiah and Moses, unto him you shall hearken, listen to what he tells you, according to all that thou desirest of the Lord thy God in Horab, in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see this great fire any more, that I die not. 17. And the Lord said unto me, They have well spoken, that which they have spoken. And he repeats himself again in verse 18. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee, I put my words in his mouth. He shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. A wonderful prophecy way back in the Old Testament. Moses is speaking, obviously. And like I said a few moments ago, a Christian will say it's in reference to the Messiah, obviously. A Jew will say, well, it's in reference to the coming Messiah. Of course, they don't believe that he's already been. And a Mohammedan will say it's in reference to Muhammad. Only one interpretation is correct. Martin, are you still with me? I'm still with you loud and clear, James. Your picture has frozen. Patrick, can you still hear me okay? I can indeed. 
Okay, let's continue on. Uh, now, the cross-reference to this from memory is Acts chapter 3, but go to John uh, chapter 1. John chapter 1. There are at least 12 references in John's Gospel. Let's see if I can find them. Uh, John chapter 12. Make that John chapter 1, excuse me. John chapter 1. Uh, look at verse... Uh, 21 and they asked him the Jews of course what then art thou Elias like Elijah and he saith I am not art thou that prophet and he answered no the Jews are asking John who he is where he gets, a, where he gets his authority from then said they unto him who art thou who are you that we may give an answer to them that sent us what sayest thou of thyself and he goes on to say that he's a voice, the one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah, verse 23. So John tells you that he's not the prophet, capital P, back in uh, Deuteronomy, chapter 18. Go to Acts chapter 3. I'll come back to John. There's a few other verses which I can't think of off the top of my head. Uh, Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. So John, the Apostle John, wrote the Gospel of John and just told you that the prophet uh, wasn't John the Baptist. And you go to uh, Acts chapter 3, and in Acts chapter 3, uh, Dr. Luke is of course speaking and uh, picking up in verse 22. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren. Like unto me, he's got to be Jewish. Muhammad wasn't a Jew. Him shall you hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass, 23, that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people, second advent. Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, all Jewish, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. Ye are the children of the prophets and, the, and uh, of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, and in thy seed, going back to Isaac, of course, shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you, and turning away every one of you from his iniquities. That uh, deals with uh, unlimited atonement. He died for everyone and everything. Uh, go back to John. I think it's John, uh, let's see now. John... John chapter 12. Uh, there's several references in John's Gospel uh, to this term of the prophet. Come back to that in a minute. So let's bring Martin back in and Patrick while I try and think where that where that verse would be. So Islam is growing, and uh, I spent a few moments just explaining to our audience how the West continues to romanticize Islam, ridicules Christianity. What are your thoughts on this, Patrick? Well, you're right there. Um, Islam is growing, but of course Christianity is growing throughout the world, and it seems to be flourishing in countries, which are basically uh, Islamic countries, countries like India, and especially China, which is communist. 
the underground uh, the underground Christian churches in China are blossoming, and long may they continue to do so. Um, but you're right, it is growing, and uh, in parts of England, you would think it was in the Middle East. There are so many uh, there are so many temples situated throughout the country, so many people in roads now and everything. But um, yes, you're right about that. It's also interesting to me that uh, uh, in the Far East or in the Middle East, many Muslims are coming to Christ, and yet in the West, many so-called uh, members of Christendom, quote-unquote, are going to Islam. Yes, Martin? Yeah, I was just going to mention there, uh, James and Patrick, that, uh, and for the viewers also, that, I mean, I, I can recall going back 10 years now, um, and there were uh, people around the world, I mean, you had people in uh, Paris... Uh, in particular, there's uh, YouTube videos knocking around showing the stuff uh, where some of the locals with their mobile phones were recording um, these massive uh, gatherings in the streets, blocking the roads. Yeah, and I remember. The daily prayer. Um, yeah, yeah. These things weren't seen in France and Europe, um, uh, you know, before then in such a mass display. But the, the thing is here is if you don't except jesus christ as your lord and savior you get the alternative mm. and that alternative is the devil yeah it's as simple as that uh and also all these uh, not only islam obviously islam is the big dog of uh of, of the you know the middle east let's say uh spreading its tentacles around the world but yeah, at the end of the yeah. day, you know, there's there's lots of other little religions and and people muddying the waters of the true word of the uh, of Jesus Christ. So the devil can nest very close to where the truth is. But mm. uh, but you know, this is a growing thing. But they're, they're, at the same time, the spirit of 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 evilness and chaos in the world is increasing all the time. You've only yeah, got to put the course. news on to say that. True. And of course, Satan is a great counterfeit, isn't he? Oh, he's, yeah. He's called the anointed cherub, anointed yeah. in Christos yeah. Christ. Yeah. John, yeah. Uh, John's gospel. Go back to John's gospel. Uh, look at verse, uh, let's see, 45, chapter 145. Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law, uh, Deuteronomy 18, and the prophets did write Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. He's got that right. Uh, John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Uh, like verse 14. Then those men, when they've seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. There's a couple more. Uh, chapter 7. John chapter 7. Uh, verse 40. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, instead of a truth, this is the prophet, capital P. There's a few more. Uh, it's chapter 12. Uh, I'll leave it for now and I'll come back to that in a minute. So we started with Deuteronomy, we went to John, we went to Acts of the Apostles just to show the audience there was a harmony starts with Moses saying that one day the prophet is going to come capital P the Apostle John tells us that it wasn't John the Baptist but it was the Lord Jesus Christ Dr Luke who wrote Acts of the Apostles reaffirms that Christ is that prophet he was Jewish 
he was given the sign gifts to accompany his uh, apostolic office, and we speak to Mohammedans, I always ask the question, which miracles did Muhammad do? And of course they can't really answer that because there were no answer, there's no answer to give you. If you care to know, uh, Muhammad was born in 570 AD, and I've got several articles on the man. For tonight, we'll say for argument's sake that he was born, that he did exist. We'll give him that, just for the sake of tonight's uh, live stream. Although one uh, British uh, scholar, a guy called uh, Holland, uh, I think it was Thomas Holland, wrote a book years ago called Sword in the Sand. Interesting book. He did a documentary, which you can see on YouTube. And uh, from memory, he was, or he is, an Oxford scholar. Church of England, not a Christian, goes to church once in a, once in a blue moon. And he did a, a very interesting documentary where he said basically there's little proof for Muhammad's existence. It's evolved, it's developed over the years, a bit like uh, Robin Hood. But we'll say for, the, for argument's sake that he was a real character. He was a real man who was born in Arabia, like Saudi Arabia. And uh, if you think about his upbringing, he lost his father when he was like two months of age, was raised... Uh, a short period of time by his mother and he lost her when he was six so by the age of six he's lost he's lost mother and father his grandfather would raise him however when he was eight years of old uh, eight years of age he lost his grandfather so under the age of 10 he's lost mother and father grandfather on top of that his uncle would also become his guardian for the rest of his youth now over the years I've made the case and I'll make it again this evening that if you want to destroy a child especially a boy just remove the father figure from the equation. A boy must have his father. There's no getting out of that. If a boy doesn't have a father, he has no grounding. If a wife doesn't have a husband, she has no grounding. If a family have no father, they have no grounding. You're looking at chaos, you're looking at uh, an upside down family. And of course, Christ is the head of the church and the man is head of the family. So Muhammad starts off with a very Shaky foundation, shall we say? He's damaged goods. Patrick, any thoughts? Um, yes, I've always had my doubts about actually Muhammad did, did live, and like Robin Hood, I think the legend evolved over the years, like Bigfoot and all sorts of other. The Mari Celeste. I think the interesting thing that I found out in my research is that um, we have to go back to the warlords of that time. And they were, they had over 360 idols in what they called the House of the Kabar. And out of these idols, uh, the moon god arrived on the scene. And of course, the moon god uh, married and he had three daughters, uh, Alut, Aluza, and Manet. Suddenly, the scene seems to shift with Muhammad in a cave. And he is suddenly gripped by a powerful force. And this reminds me, James, of Ignatius Loyola. Yes. The founder, the infamous founder of the Jesuits. He was in a cave. He was a soldier of fortune. Somehow he found himself in the cave. Somehow an entity grabbed hold of him. He talks about a stick that turned into a snake. This sounds very much familiar, all of this. But Muhammad thought at the time that it was a seizure that he was having, and he thought this was the devil. Yes, that's right. Then then steps into the scenario, his wife, who says, oh, no, it's no devil. He was an angel. 
and you, my husband, are a prophet of That's the right. top god Allah. And the whole thing comes into focus then. And since then, there has been this rivalry or war between Christianity and the Muslims. We have the Holy Bible, the Word of God. They have the Quran. And I find that the word Jesus is mentioned 93 times in the Quran. And yet they downgraded the name to Isa. I-S-A, Aisha. And I find that... A I find that very, very offensive that they have done this. And I remember years ago when we were doing some street work with some Muslims, and I remember you told me at the time they that they practiced something called al-Takiyah. Do you remember that? Uh, al-Takiyah. You can cause deception. You can lie. That's it. That's it. That's it. Al-Takiyah. T-A-Q-I-Y-Y-A. Yes, you're right. And they can lie to you and say, oh, this isn't true. That's not true. The Bible does not give this at all. What the Bible does say, and we as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, when in 4 John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Not by Muhammad, not by Buddha, not by Sitting Bull, not by Ellen White, any of these people. These are three definitive articles, statements that he is making. Now, you could say, people say, well, this is very un-PC, what this man is saying. But he's quite clear about that. And they don't like this. They don't like this at all, do they? Because they say, well, this Jesus, a wonderful prophet, um, was born of a virgin. We'll give you that. But Adam was the first Muslim. Right. And Muhammad is God's last prophet. Well, Jesus said, I am the last prophet, didn't he, James? Is it in John? Also, they, that? they also say that uh, Jesus was a Muslim as well. There we are. That's blasphemy as well. And they it say is. he wasn't crucified, but he was killed. And he died and he was taken up. So, of course, the whole thing is we know that Jesus died on the cross. That we may be washed away from our sins to become born again. Yes? Amen. Absolutely. Amen. But Amen. they see no hope, but only salvation in good works. It's the good yes. works that save you. Again, this is blasphemy. It takes out the pivotal role of Christ suffering and dying on that cross. The Catholic Church go along with this as well. Good works. So the sacrifice of the cross isn't enough for the Catholics. But a lot in common with the Muslims. The founder of the Jesuits was in a cave, attacked yes. by an entity. Uh, two religions were started up, two false religions. The Jesuits, a very evil group of people who probably murdered millions along with the Dominicans and uh, so yes. forth. And the Muslims came along into it. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes to the Father but by me. I'll stake my belief in him that he died for me. And without him dying, I would be lost. Amen. And a quick footnote, and I'll bring Martin in. I yes. seem to remember that Islam teach that it was Judas who died uh, on the cross, and they, it was it was given. He he died uh, to give the impression, or it was it was done to deceive the world and think that Christ died, when in reality it was Judas Iscariot. So they got it completely back to front. Martin, any thoughts, brother? Yes. Well, I spent uh, several years uh, working in a hotel in Spain. And the security guard was uh, Muslim. So I spent seven years listening to his stories about Islam and Muhammad. 
Um, and uh, I mean, sitting here today and speaking uh, to to you all, uh, you know, the only certainty of salvation in Islam is uncertainty. Yeah, uh, you can you can unpick it bit by bit. I mean, uh, none of the uh, sixteen variations of the Arabic name for Jerusalem men, men, uh, in the Quran mentions Jerusalem. Yeah, zero zero times zero. After the Quran, there are a few edits written. Only one of them mentions Jerusalem. Yet, according to them, it's a holy site for them. Now, yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. if you look on Temple Mount, I mean, we know why that uh, mosque is on Temple Mount. It's to stop yeah. the third temple being built. Yeah. It's God's time clock. So it's meant to yeah. be there at this moment in time. It's holding things back. We know when something happens, there's building going on there. You know what's going to be happening. God willing, we'll be ruptured by then. Um, yeah. But when they, their first, obviously, uh, um, holy site is Mecca. But when they're actually up on Temple Mount and they don't do much praying up there at all, uh, they use it more as a playground. If anything, kids are playing football and yeah. Uh, yeah. ladies are having uh, picnics, etc. But when they do pray, they're outside of the um, the mosque and they're actually facing towards Le uh, Mecca, lifting up their behinds to Temple Mount. Yeah, I mean, isn't, isn't that isn't that ironic? You know what I mean? It's a it's a holy site to them, but basically, what they what they what they're basically saying to, to 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 God, the Father, the real true God of the Lord, blessed Jesus Christ, they're lifting up their backsides to the to the holy mount. That's that's basically what what they're, what they're doing now. In the, as we yeah. know, in the Holy Bible, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, if I'm correct, is mentioned six hundred six hundred sixty seven times. That's in our yeah, holy they, bible. They, That's they, how important it is. Yeah. So it might be the third holy site for the Muslims, but it's the first holy site for the Christians and, of course, the Jews. Absolutely. Just got my Bible. Uh, very hard to do a live stream without my good old Bible. Uh, <laughs> to Deuteronomy 18. I want to drill into these verses a bit, bit deeper. Uh, Deuteronomy 18. Now, verses, we looked at 15, 16, down to uh, 18. Uh, but jump down to verse 18, last part. And he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. Go to John chapter 8. I need some more verses from John's gospel. John 8, uh, like 28. Then said Jesus unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man... Then shall you know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my father, they say that's blasphemy in Islam, but as my father hath taught me, I speak these things. Uh, go to John chapter 12. I think it's John chapter 12. Uh, John chapter 12. I've got two Bibles. One is over 100 years old, and uh, the other one dates back to 2005. Uh, John 12, which verse was it now? 12, uh, make that John 12, 49. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. Again, the Jew thinks this is Messiah, 
of course, he's already been, and the Mohammedan thinks this is Muhammad. But of course, Muhammad didn't do any miracles. The Lord Jesus Christ did. 1250, and I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. There's a couple more. Uh, John 14. John uh, 14. When the devil tempted Christ, I think from memory, three times he would respond with, it is written. It is written. It is written. It Correct. is written. Doesn't doesn't uh, quote uh, himself, anyone else. Of course, Christ is the living word of God, but he quotes the Old Testament. Deuteronomy, I think from memory. Uh, John 14. John 14. I should have written these verses down. Uh, 14. I think it's verse 10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? Wow, that's unity. Yeah, the words yeah. that I speak... Unto you I speak, not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. There's one more, I think. Uh, John 14, John 14, like verse 24. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings. And the word which I have, and the word which ye hear, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. And there's one more, I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, 10, 24, we just looked at that, was that 14, 24? Yeah, one more, go to John 17. Uh, John 17. John 17. Uh, 8. I've given unto them the words which thou gavest me and they have received them and have known surely that I came out from thee and they have believed that thou didst send me so you can't miss it can you yeah and there's one more Acts the Apostles Acts chapter 7 these are the main ones these are clear direct passages uh, these aren't vague these are very clear Acts Seven, uh, Stephen is about to be martyred. I think it's the context. Uh, Acts seven, thirty-seven. This is that Moses, who said unto the children of Israel, a prophet, shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me. Him shall ye hear. So time after time, the New Testament builds on uh, Deuteronomy 18. The prophet would be just that. He would have signs and wonders. He would be like Moses, but far more important than Moses. Uh, Hebrews says that he was greater than Moses. Lord of the Sabbath, Lord of the Temple. Could do miracles left, right and center. Whereas Muhammad, as far as I can recall, didn't do any miracles. Any thoughts, brothers? And he's still dead in the grave, wherever he is. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, I just, just go, yes, on. Go, go on. Go on, Patrick. Go I'm on. just, I'm just going to say the moon god. Um, the crescent moon seems to be everywhere, doesn't it, in Islam? The crescent moon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Even right. ra ra Ramadan <laughs> begins and ends with the crescent moon. 
Yeah. Uh, we we have the red cross and they have the red presents. Yeah. Counterfeit. Counterfeit as well. Yes. And I seem to think that November the 25th, and I'll check it in a minute online, is Muhammad's birthday. Another counterfeit but, to December the 25th. Absolutely. Now, James, you've done a lot of study on this. Perhaps you could tell us the difference between the Sunni and, is it the Shiites? Sunni and the Shiites, yeah. Yes. Uh, well, let's look at the countries, for example. You've got yes. Iran. You've got, uh, let's pick out Iran and let's pick out Saudi Arabia. Now, Iran, in news tonight, uh, tonight their top scientist has been eliminated by Mossad, we think. Yes, Mossad, uh, yes. Uh, he's, he's the country's nuclear weapons reactor, program. Yeah. Yep. Iran is a Shiite country, uh, as would be Syria, of course, whereas Saudi Arabia and Iraq, up until the days of uh, uh, Saddam Hussein, were Sunni. Saddam Hussein, yeah. yeah. Now, if you speak to Muslims in the UK, they like to, they like to play all this down. They say, well, it's just political, it's nothing too serious. Uh, it's like Catholics and Protestants. But of course, if you go to the Middle East, if you go to places like India or Pakistan, uh, very two very powerful countries, uh, both fighting each other, arguing over authority. But basically, we want to know the difference between the Sunnis and the Shiites. Look at Islamic countries. Mm. Uh, places like uh, uh, Lebanon, of course, or Kuwait. But in recent years, Iraq would be a good example of a Sunni, the Ba'ath Party under Saddam, yeah. uh, Iran, the Shiites, or Egypt. I think Egypt is Sunni off the top of my head. So they have arguments. Yeah, they have yeah. gone. You've got the um, Ira Iranian has got the biggest Shia uh, majority. Um, they're obviously still waiting for this so-called twelfth Imam. Yeah, that should be a, a blood descendant of Muhammad. Uh, they believe he lives at the bottom. He's going to appear from the bottom of a well at one of their uh, greatest mosques. Uh, the name uh, escapes me right now. Um, but they say that he, that's where he will come. Knowing, knowing the uh, Sunni, uh, the Sunnis believe that the, uh, the the twelfth Imam, their Messiah, will appear out of humanity. That's one of the differences where the Shias mm. don't believe he'll appear out of humanity. They know exactly where he's coming from down that well up. Yeah, and just just to build on that, just to build on that quickly. Yeah, when the twelfth when the twelfth Imam comes. He will be also seen as by the Jews as their Messiah. Yeah. Well, Jesus did say, Jesus yes. did say, didn't he, that one shall come in his own name, him you shall yeah. receive. So you've got two characters, although received by two different audiences, but from our perspective, in a way we don't quite understand because this takes place during the tribulation. The Muslims will see the Antichrist as the 12th Imam, and the Jews will see the Antichrist as their Messiah. Messiah, uh, yeah. Deuteronomy 18. Of course, we won't be here, we'll be in heaven. Yes, uh, Pat, where, what do you want to where, say? Where, where, where did this schism come from that separated the Sunni and the Shiites? Where did this schism come from? It basically goes back to when Muhammad died. Let's say he did live for argument's Correct. sake. Let's just give him, let's just give him that for, for, the, for the sake of uh, this evening's stream. As he's dying, he's dictating the Quran to a guy called Uthman, who was a secretary. Let's see, yeah. Muhammad, poor old Muhammad, he couldn't read, he couldn't write. Keep that no. in mind. He had no parents, lost his grandfather, was raised by his uncle, loses his uncle, he's scarred. Mm. He's a boy, no father, he's angry. That anger starts to take him over. We look at it in America today, BLM especially, yeah. 
uh, hate the white man, let's crash, let's, let, let's destroy the white man, let's all unite, let's do this, let's do that. That anger has to be tunneled somewhere. He's got the anger from his uh, absent father. And of course, any boy who doesn't have a father, like I said a few minutes ago, is just ruined, just destroyed. He can't read. He can't write. Uthman can read and write. He's got a Catholic wife and a Jewish wife. He had many wives, Muhammad. I think 14 for memory. Yeah. One of his wives was a former nun. The other wife was a Jewess. So you've got a Catholic wife on the one hand who gives him Catholicism, which is false, and a Jewish wife, on the other hand, who doesn't believe in Jesus. You've got these two women, not, not at the same time, but over a period of time. These two women that are preaching to Muhammad. You can't read or write. You can't read the scriptures for himself to discern what is what. These two women are preaching to him. He's got warlords all around him. He's got statues and idols all over the place because, of course, Rome was calling the shots back in those days. And for a long period of time, he's been overtaken basically with these strong women and those all around him with their own agendas of course later when he meets up with young Aisha who was only nine on top of that like Ignatius Loella he was known to have epileptic fits yeah he was no he was known to roll around on the floor and foam at the mouth so in some ways we kind of feel sorry for him but of course we don't feel sorry for him because what he said is condemned in Galatians chapter one because what he preached didn't come from heaven it came from under the earth and paul says if an angel comes to you uh, yeah. and doesn't preach the gospel that we preach to let them be accursed let them yeah. be anathema yeah. so sometimes it's worth just reminding ourselves who muhammad yeah. was where he came from the sort of person he was now now saying all that let me say this the guy must have had charisma he mm. must have had something although he was illiterate yeah. and also an orphan at that stage yeah he had something people are looking for something Thing. Now, you look at people over the history of, of the world, Karl Marx gets a following, doesn't he? Uh, Charles Darwin gets a following, Huxley gets a following. Uh, Hitler, Hitler, Hitler gets a following, a lot of charisma. You look yep. back to people like uh, Albert Pike, who was yep. head of the Freemasons and uh, involved with the KKK. These people have all got something. they got yep. a personality, they can control people, and people yep. are either going to be uh, led or be the leaders. And Muhammad, Muhammad was able to come along and over a period of time, with the sword, of course, he had the sword, don't forget, was able yeah. to whip people into line. But I read a book a while ago. Again, it's uh, Thomas Holland. Look it up online. Sword, Sand in the Sword. Uh, sword yeah. and Sand. I'll, check the title. I'll just check the title in a minute. But Thomas Holland, British academic, did a documentary on Channel 4 in the UK about maybe 15 years ago. It was so controversial that Channel 4 didn't show it again. <laughs> Interesting. Do you know, James, if I just may mention, um, when I used to have these chats with my Muslim friend, his name's Abdel, by the way, um, he said to me that um, Muhammad's first uh, wife was Khadisha. She was a very successful businesswoman living in Medina. And that's where Muhammad set up. It was a, it was a, a lot of uh, traffic was going into Medina. It was a very prosperous uh, markets uh, place like that. And she funded um, Muhammad with his conquest yeah. of, his, yeah. of Islam. He also said to me, I mean, I don't know, this is going off what, what I've been told by Abdel. He said the, the Quran was written by a Jew. 
and uh, there were many Jews trading in Medina at that time. This is this is his story, not mine, by the way. There were many Jews trading in Medina at the time. Uh, Muhammad struck up this relationship with this very wealthy woman. So, as you say, he must have had something because with him mm. being illiterate, uh, you know, most business people I wouldn't have thought would, you know, they would have seen those people as like lower in society. However, he did have something, obviously. Um, and she um, funded him. She paid the Jew good money to write the Quran. Now, in the Quran, there's lots and lots of words on every single page. Mm. They repeat themselves on each page. And, the, and no scholar in Islam and no scholar in the Western world know the meaning of these words. But I've heard just on my journeys that the Jew who wrote the Quran deliberately put these words in there as a code which actually says this is not true. So what, what he was actually writing for Muhammad, and a lot of it, I mean, Muhammad was dictated, but Muhammad was listening to to what the Jews were, were, were saying um, from their scriptures, you see. And is, that's why you've got bit, you've got like bits, bits and pieces. The, the, the Quran is very bitty. And a lot of it, it's almost like the Bible turned upside down. That's it. I think that was deliberately done. If that was a Jew who did it, he did it deliberately. Did it, and knowing that the that he was picking up on words from the true word of God, he actually signed in there. This is not true, so he wouldn't be cursed yeah, no. by himself for doing such a thing. And also, it's been said that the Quran, the written the written Quran, didn't come along until two hundred years after Muhammad died. So again, you got all this contamination over many hundreds of years. But the book I was yeah. looking at is called In the Shadow of the Sword. In the Shadow of the Sword by uh, Thomas Holland. Look it up mm. on, uh, online. It's a heavy read. It's a good book. came out in 2012. It's a heavy book. And if you want to get an overview of that documentary, go on to Channel 4 and just type in uh, Tom, uh, Tom Holland. They didn't allow it to be shown more than once because it was so controversial. Mm. No evidence for Muhammad or very little evidence, very uh, basic or very little. But it's like this. All the years of me following politics, being a Christian, I know it's the same for you, Patrick. I've never seen a documentary ever on Islam. No. I've never seen a documentary on the Jesuits ever. No. I've seen documentaries on the Bible, ridiculing Christ. I've seen documentaries on Christianity, ridiculing Christianity. But I've never seen a documentary on Islam or on the Jesuits, ridiculing. It goes back to that thing I watched last night. This guy goes to prison. He comes out of prison. He's now called Muhammad. He went in as, uh, I think it was Matthew, comes out as Muhammad. He's a white guy, grows a beard meets a girl, she thinks he's a wonderful guy, doesn't swear, doesn't uh, do this, doesn't do that, doesn't drink or smoke, prays five times a day. And of course, it was put in such a, a light as to really romanticize Islam. Yes, Patrick, what, do you, what did you want to say? Well, I was just going to say just a couple of things. As we know, with the so-called Arab Spring, which was started by Tony Blair when and George Bush Jr. when they um, attacked uh, and got rid of Saddam Hussein. The whole of the Middle East was on the move. And it's very interesting that the German government opened the doors. I think over a million young men, Muslims, young men came in. And some see them very much as a sort of fifth columnist coming to Europe, finding the nearest mosque and becoming radicalized. And that's what seems to have happened. But getting back to Muhammad, um, 
very interesting in I think it's Surah Surah eight twelve. Smite ye above their necks, these are the enemies, and smite all their fingertips off them. Yeah. And it says they burned cities, tortured and killed men, raped and enslaved women. They were also involved with the slave trade in Africa. You had these Arab, these Muslims going into the villages, rounding up the Negroes, shipping them to Liberia, James, which you watched something the other night about, the capital Monrovia, and that's where the slave ships left Africa bound for America. So it wasn't the white man who did this, it was the Muslims who did this. Never talked yes. about, never talked about. Never talked about, the white man is always, is, is always the bad man there. But of course the other blasphemous thing is which Muslims don't like, and we've had this on the streets, Allah had no son. Mm. That's right, don't yeah. Think like this. We've always had this difference, oh no, God never had a son, and yet the Bible is very clear on it, this is my beloved son, and I'm well pleased. It is a sticking point. But it is blasphemy. I always like to say to these Muslims, let me get this right. Are you more powerful than God? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you can have children. Yeah. yeah. You can't. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I said that to my Muslim friend in, in Spain. Bearing in mind, I was actually a Catholic then, by the way. Mm -hmm. But Good. I said to him, I said, I said, Abdul, um, so that makes you more powerful than God because you can have, you can procreate and God can't. And he said, oh, oh, please don't say that, Martin. He was really taken by it. But you see, there's a familiar spirit. Isn't there? I mean, going back pre-Islamic times, yeah, the moon gods and gods and multiple gods, the days of Abraham, multiple gods. He was having none of it. Yeah, he was having none of it. Yeah, we've got, we've got Gideon, haven't we? Uh, he took victory over the Midianites. I think it's yeah. chapter six, eight, the book of Judges. Of yeah, yeah. Uh, and he arose and he slew Zebar and Zalbuna and took away the ornaments from the camels' necks. I believe that was the present moon. Yeah, yeah. But of course, the Jews left paganism behind, but never really left it behind. They kept flirting with it, uh, yeah. like Solomon. But let's go back to the, the, the question or the title of this message. What makes Muhammad so great? What makes Allah so great? I mean, let's put the question to any Muslim who's watching this stream this evening. What has yeah. Muhammad done for you, specifically? Mm -hmm. Don't say he gave you a wife or he gave you a husband. Atheists have husbands and wives. What has Muhammad done for you specifically? What has Allah done for you specifically? Every single time when you see a catastrophe online, it could be a flood in Bangladesh or an earthquake in Iran and hundreds, hundreds and not thousands are killed. The West mm. always go to those countries, the so-called Kufa, to offer support to the Islamic countries. Look at Syria being yeah. ravished for, what, 15 years now? Yeah. And I've watched people over the years saying, you know, why does this keep happening to us? It's always our country. But here's the question I'd like to ask anybody who's watching this who's a Muslim. You believe that Allah is sovereign, right? And they do, like the Calvinists do. Now, of course, we believe he's sovereign, don't get us wrong, but they take the view of sovereignty to another level, like the hyper-Calvinists. Here's my question. If Allah is all sovereign, if he's all powerful, what goes on in uh, Syria with the bombings and the fighting and the, the, the uh, decapitations and, and, uh, and in Iraq with ISIS and all that brutality and hands being chopped off, homosexuals being yeah. thrown off bridges, women being mutilated, FGM. If your God is sovereign, 
that's his will if yeah. he could stop yeah. it why didn't he stop it yeah and i've got an answer for that because i'm a christian but you muslims ask that question to me you say that allah is all powerful if he could stop it why didn't he stop it and if he doesn't stop it does that mean he wants it to happen and i'll ask another question to our muslim viewers why do islamic countries take help from outside why are Islamic countries always taking support from outside countries, like even Israel? Israel had the best uh, search, search and rescue teams in the whole world. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Patrick, what do you want to say? Well, I was just going to say the backbone of the Islamic faith, as I see it, is, are the women. They do obey the rules, they wear the, the clothes and so forth, and yet Surah 434 says that it is okay for a husband to beat his wife. Mm. and to put her into submission. And I remember years ago talking to a guy we knew whose sister-in-law was a nurse in Bradford and where they had a very strong uh, Islamic community. And she said when the women came in, they'd take the veil off. You could see the bruises and the black eyes and the broken nose where they had been beaten, literally beaten and assaulted. Uh, by their husband because the Surah, Surah 434 said it can happen. And of course, we have to go back to Muhammad, uh, one of the original pediophiles who had little Aisha as his wife, who was quite happy to play with her dolls, and then this man takes his wife. He had, I believe, 26 other wives at the time. So the guy was pretty busy, wasn't he, Martin? He was very busy indeed. I mean, they, they will call him the most perfect human being. The man... Oh, yeah. Who, far from perfect. To, far from I'll perfect. I'll stick to Robin Hood. A sinner like, a sinner like everyone else. Absolutely. Yeah, in total, he had 22 wives. Yeah, 22, was it? Okay. 22 well, I mean, wives. I mean, the yes, thing Martin. is as well, I mean, firstly, um, Allah actually does not mean God. Because no, they say, the God. they say, the God. They're, they're they're, God, they yeah. recite, they recite, there is no God but Allah and Muhammad yeah. is his prophet. So I, I, put, I put it to a Muslim. I said, so uh, there's, shouldn't you be saying there's no, is Allah God that he said, yeah, Allah is God. I went, okay, then shouldn't you be saying there is no God but God and Muhammad is his prophet. He went, oh, no, 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 no. I said, well, can you explain that to me? And he couldn't explain it to me. Mm. So Allah is actually not God. Yeah, uh, James, I was going to ask you. It's a title, not a name. Title. Yes, Patrick. Yeah. Yes, Patrick. I was just going to ask you um, your study of the Quran. Um, what complete books have they taken from the Old Testament? Well, I haven't read all of the Quran. I've only read bits of the Quran. I must be honest and say that. What, what, what do you know? What well, book is, I, I they, read the book of Psalms in there, isn't it? No, no. See, the oh. problem, as Martin, as Martin said, it's all shaken. It's all upside down. They take bits of the Old Testament, bits yeah. of the New Testament. They call Jesus Isu, or Isis, yeah. excuse me. They said that yeah. Judas died on the cross, not Jesus. Uh, yeah. It goes back to Muhammad's two wives. Again, you've got a Jew lost, a Catholic who's lost. You've got two women, yeah. Yeah. both yeah. in his ear, not at the same time, like I said, but over a period of time, both preaching to Paul Muhammad. He can't yeah. read, he can't write, so he's completely confused. What does he do? As time goes by, he becomes more and more powerful. He claims the, the land through the sword. Yeah. And of course, the Quran, like I say, would be penned long after he had died. But as Martin said, there's lots of bits in the Quran. Uh, I haven't read all of it, so I'm not an expert on the Quran. I will say that. I've got many quotes from the surahs, uh, which you've already mentioned a couple. Uh, both of you have. Uh, I've got one quote here, actually, uh, from 
Bukhari, Volume 1, and it says, quote, Allah's apostle said, quote, O women, give alms, as I have seen that the majority of the dwellers of hellfire were you women. Mm. women most people in hell are women. Mm. I've not seen anyone more deficient in intelligence, deficient yeah. in intelligence and religion than you. That's Bukhari. Another one from uh, the Hadith, Bukhari, Volume 1, Number 28. Uh, quote, I was shown the hellfire, and the majority of its dwellers were women who were ungrateful. A couple of those from the uh, yeah. Hadith. Yes, Martin. Yeah. But, I mean, there's one thing. I mean, um, if you, I don't know whether you've noticed, some of the women seem to be more uh, involved in the, in, the, in the religion than the men. Yeah. Um, I wonder how they feel when their men are looking forward to the x amount of dark-eyed virgins that are going to be waiting for them in heaven yeah so um heaven's not about sex heaven is not actually you know that's a, a that's a, a flesh thing that's, that's kind of of course we know in heaven we're sexless there's no procreation mm -hmm. and yet you know you entice the weak minds that the weakness of the flesh you entice, entice them with you know the sex waiting for you in heaven I mean, just that alone, common sense should prevail. Yeah, absolutely. I would say to anyone, I'd say to anyone, listen to what your husband has, has said, that there's virgins waiting for him in heaven. Yeah, yeah. Is that what heaven's about? Because if it is, I don't, want, I don't want to be going there. Well, we've asked a question before. If the guys get the women, the so-called martyrs who die in jihad, what, what, what do the women, women get? get? <laughs> It's the reverse of the Bible. I mean, you, you look how it treats women in the Bible, you know, and what you what you to look forward to. Where's the salvation in Islam? Where's the hope in Islam? Where's the love in Islam? Well, of course, Muslims teach that Allah can't be known. He's an indifferent God. He's not like the God of the Bible, who will say, "Come unto me, all you that have, uh, all you that heavy and laden, heavy and laden, come unto me." Take me up upon you, from weak and lowly in heart, so on and so forth. Take yeah. a burden upon you for this light. They don't have that in Islam. They yeah, do the then, five pillars of Islam. They have yeah. to stay in a so-called state of grace, like the Catholics do. Yeah. And also, they have another strange belief, but like the Catholics, that when they die, if they're good enough, so-called, they go to paradise. Yeah. But after a while, they go. They, they can be taken out of paradise they and put into hell. Yeah. Yeah. And they go back into paradise. Yeah. And they go back into but, hell. And go back into paradise it's like well, a former pur a purgeon yeah my muslim friend used to say to me and i made i had seven years of it says martin he said I, lo I love you he was very loving i must say he said i love you he said you've got to become a muslim martin but for what he said what, yeah, can it do, he said what can it do for us he said he said i want he said i want to see you in heaven i want to see you in heaven martin that's what he used to say i want to see you in heaven martin please be a muslim well i'm going to ask a question again why is Muhammad so great? Question mark. Why is Allah so great? Question mark. I mean, we look at Christianity, we look at Christ, you know, God manifest in the flesh, uh, took on the nature of sin, died for sinners. Those who believe in him are forever saved and set free from sin forever. I mean, you can't match that. You can't beat that. Islam means surrender. It means submission. It's a works-based system. It's no different to Catholicism, really. Uh, they elevate Muhammad. They almost worship him. Although they say they do not, but they almost do worship him. Muhammad would have many highs and lows. He would try to kill himself on one occasion. And it's been said by many that he even uh, he was even poisoned later in life because he was so uh, 
he was getting to be a bit of a risk, a bit of a problem, shall we say. Well, he's the great deceiver. Uh, and Muhammad, as we know, insulted the Lord Jesus so many times. Jesus was a slave of Allah, Surah 3, 4, 6. Jesus was not God's son. Anybody who believes he was is damned to hell. Yeah. And Jesus never died on the cross for anyone's sins. And yet at his trial, the high priest asked Jesus, Art thou Christ? Art thou the Christ, the son of the blessed God? He said, I am. Yeah. Muhammad's lies, I think, will cost so many Muslims their souls. So many Muslims their souls. They are yeah. being deceived every day. We can see this, and you've got all this jihad going on. There's this old saying we, we know, James. Not all Muslims are terrorists, true, but all terrorists are Muslims, true. And they yeah. have an agenda. They have an agenda to to uh, cause as much mayhem and calamity in the West. That's but right. They use and, and to Sorry. have the have have the present moon flying over Buckingham Palace. One of them said, and over the White House. And the way things are going, wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, they do use a they do use a thing called Maruna. If there's any Muslims uh, watching uh, this evening, they'll know exactly what that is. That's where they'll use by stealth someone else or an opportuni opportunistic situation. To further the cause of Islam, 9/11 yeah. was one of those. That as soon as it was knocked down, they wanted to build a, a mosque nearby. Yeah. That was yeah. Maruna. Just yeah. a couple of things. I think we all remember the awful event which took place in France a few weeks ago when a woman was yes. beheaded yeah. Yeah. on her way to mass or coming out of mass, and uh, other terrorist attacks in France. And the French president, to his credit, he doesn't do many good things in my eyes, but he's taken a stand yeah. against yeah. Islam, and he's been yeah. hammered hard. Yes, uh, by people all over the world, mainly Islamic people. I've got two quotes. Now, here's a even question. The, even the Pope didn't like what he said. And yet the Pope should <laughs> be made aware of this, that Muhammad once believed he was married to Mary. Yes. <laughs> now, the Pope, the Catholics, worship Mary. We all know they do. They pray the Hail Mary. They give the month of May to her. They give the month of October to her. They worship yeah. Mary. Yeah. Don't be deceived if you're not a Catholic. Catholics worship Mary. They love Mary. Yeah. They almost the made that part of the that. Trinity. I've got two quotes. <laughs> yeah, John Paul II, the second, second, wasn't it? And they talked him out of that. So I've got, I've got two quotes here. And I'm just going to read these two quotes. And I'm going to tell you who said what. And I want to ask our atheist friends, if they're watching this, or non-Christian friends, to tell me who said what. Quote, Lord, destroy all the Jews and the Christians. Gabriel, come close to me. Close quote. That's quote number one. Mm. Quote number two. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do, second quote. Now, we know who said what, but I'm going to put the question to our viewers. Which of those two quotes would warm your heart? Lord, destroy all the Jews and the Christians. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We've got two quotes from two very different people. And I want to put that question to anybody who's watching the stream this evening. Which of those two quotes warms your heart? Yeah. Which of those two quotes could you use if you, if you to, to give people hope uh, as they are coming near to uh, leaving this earth? I think we know the answer, don't we, brothers? Yeah. I think we do. Okay, okay then. then. Anything Any else, other... James, you want to raise about this? Well, I think the reason for doing this this evening is because uh, Islam has been given 
special status, shall we say, doesn't get any scrutiny. They're able to get away with pretty much anything, whereas Christianity is constantly being attacked, constantly yeah. being ridiculed. Christ is blasphemed, persecuted, especially yeah. in Pakistan and yeah. India and Sri Lanka and Bangladesh. Algeria, yeah. Algeria, and yet Mohammedans can come to the UK. They can bring their wives with them. Yes. Four yeah. wives, Mohammed, yes. at yeah. 22. Yeah. Their girls are mutilated, FGM. Yeah. And as we were discussing earlier on, early on, Patrick, why doesn't the left deal with this Islamic problem? All these how so-called women icons. This how is going on. How and, you so, and there's so many babies in America who are being aborted are black babies. Yeah, but why don't the left take on Islam? Yeah, these feminists won't. who hate yeah. the white men, yeah, hate I'll capitalism. Martin. I'll tell you why, James, because on, they, haven't got, they haven't got the love of Christ in them, James. But they take on the white men, Martin. Of they course, take on the they white will. They yeah. march in the white communities. society. They'll pull us yeah. down. Take you know why? You know why? You know why? Because the spirit within them, yeah, is energized by the the same spirit that's that's uh, rising up Islam and all the other and all the and all the other. Christian tentacles out there that are leading people astray when they should be focusing on Jesus Christ instead of these false preachers. Well, I'll tell you why they won't do it. They're cowards. That's why. Yeah. I'll tell you. I'll tell you one of the, the biggest uh, issues that every Muslim has got. The biggest issue they've got is salvation. Mm -hmm. There's no salvation in the Quran. No, they've got a big problem with salvation. I mean, they'll go to this uh, the Mecca, this one in a lifetime pilgrimage, and they'll throw seven stones at the wall. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, to hit Satan. They've yeah. got the they've got the black stone, which they believe yeah. was white, and it's too yeah. black because it's taken away their sins. A stone has taken away your sins. Yeah. yeah, you see how it's it's totally the the, the opposite of the the, 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 the precious another, blood. Another, another count yeah. of it, Martin. Christ is yeah. the stone. Christ is yeah. the stone. Yeah. There we go. And a it's in the corner. And and it's in the corner of the Kaaba. Yeah, yeah, where it all started from. And just adding on to that as well, um, I don't know whether you remember when we did our outreach in the north of Wales. I spoke yeah. to a Muslim, and you were having a. Uh, and yeah, and uh, he went on for quite a while, over an hour. He, he, yeah, he didn't understand salvation, and I tried to explain to him: listen, an innocent must die so that you may live. I said, the way to understand why God would send His only begotten Son into the world to shed His precious blood for our sins. Yeah, and I said, listen, it's like you in the flesh. Now we're talking spiritually spiritual salvation but even in the flesh now there's an example of that if you if you an innocent has to do you eat lamb he says oh yeah i eat lamb i says okay i said that lamb didn't know you he's never seen you yet he died for you and i said now if you don't believe in salvation comes through that form stop eating and you'll die it's as simple as that and in a sense, always not North Wales. Yeah. 
2 Corinthians, make that 1 Corinthians chapter 2, here's a good verse to help us remind ourselves why this is such a problem. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2.14, but the natural man, unsaved, unregenerate, empty vessel, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for their foolishness unto him, like a crucified man, being buried, raised after three days, ascends to heaven, comes back at the second advent. We can't accept that, they say, that makes no sense. God has no sons, they say. Muhammad was married to Mary, they say. Muhammad could marry 22 women, have a nine-year-old girl, would kill people that uh, went against him, would curse the Jew and the Christian as he was dying. Contrast that to Christ. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do, because they are spiritually discerned. They can't see it, they can't observe it. What do they say? Seeing is believing. They can't see it, they can't believe it. I feel sorry for Muslims. I have no problem with Muslims, yeah. personally. No problem at all. I have no problems with Catholics, personally, per se. I've known many Catholics, many Muslims over the years, decent people, very religious. And I'll say this, I watch a lot of these, or I have done over the years, the uh, those on the right, the so-called alt-right, uh, mostly atheists, of course, and I've seen them over the years attacking Islam. Uh, I know why they do it, but here's the thing. Those people on the right, for the most part, are lost. Yeah. You've got to love these people. Yeah. Now we could spend another 15, 20 minutes, we won't, but we could do just bashing Islamic yeah. men, Islamic women. It's not going to help. No, they're lost. They are Jane. lost. They are deceived, as all three of us were before we got yeah. saved. We True. want to get Muslims saved, Catholics yeah. saved, Jews saved. Yes, we are against Islam, obviously. Uh, Catholicism, absolutely. Judaism, of course. Those three religions all attack the blood of Christ, but we're not against Jews. Muslims or Catholics. We want these people to be saved. And that's why we do annual outreaches. What people don't realize is that every single year we do an annual outreach. It takes money. Yeah. It takes time. It takes a lot of yeah. money. Yeah. Yeah. We go into the streets day in and day out. We sometimes get into altercations. Yeah. Sometimes it can be violence, but we always love it. And nonetheless, we want people to be born yeah. again. We could spend time ridiculing these people. That's not our purpose. And so the point for me saying all this would be this. Those on the right who think they are experts in Islam, or maybe they are, maybe they're not, they are lost. And because they are lost, Muslims are not going to listen to them. Muslims are, for the most part, spiritual people. Not saved, but they are spiritual. They're used to praying. They're used to fasting. They're used to giving money to charity, uh, the so-called five pillars of Islam. They're used to doing yeah. something. The Apostle Paul, yeah. Acts chapter 9, he's knocked off his horse. What would he say to the Lord? Lord, what? What wilt thou have me to do? The Orientals, those from the Middle East, are wanting to do something. They are used to doing something. And here we are, praise the Lord, Friday night, speaking about Islam, trying to get people born again. We truly want Muslims to be saved. Men, women, old men, young men, women, old, young, what have you. Married or, married or unmarried, employed or unemployed. It makes a difference to us. We have a message for these people that Christ loves you, he died for you, he was buried, and after three days he was raised from the dead. And if you believe that, if you trust that you will be saved, that's what makes Christ so good. So-called Allah Akbar, what makes Allah great? Tell me, what makes Muhammad great? Tell me, what has Muhammad done for you? Don't say he gave you a wife, he gave you kids, he gave you a business. Atheists have all of that. What makes Muhammad great? Tell me, what makes uh, Allah great? Tell me. What makes Jehovah great? He came and died for our sins. He would taste death for every man. Now, you can't beat that. Every sin that you commit, past, present, or future, is all washed 
covered by the blood of Christ. A Mohammedan, if he's so-called good enough, holy enough, will go to the judgments. If he dies outside of a state of grace or he dies outside of a jihad, can't go to paradise. It's not guaranteed. And the old weighing scales come out, don't they, Patrick? Like the Catholic yep, Church. Right. Yep. The good works and the bad works. Good work. was, up. was Muhammad, uh, was his follower here or his follower there? Was he or she good enough? How many good works? The Church of Rome also pushed this. Listen, when you sin against an eternal God, you've got a lot of trouble. Yeah. You may do all your good works, and the Church of Rome are very good at pushing the good works, getting on your knees, walking in the snow, doing your Hail Marys, Our Fathers, whipping yourselves. We discussed that a few weeks ago. Flagellation, yeah. trying to uh, beat the flesh, trying to appease a higher power. But the one who became a curse for you is the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just want any Muslim who's watching this to think about what we have discussed this evening. We have a message. We have great news, perfect news, with a perfect peace which passes all understanding. Muslims, Amen. maybe decent people, not going to say they're not, but they are lost. Yeah, they are lost. And, the, and there's lost. one. Other, and there's one other thing to mention, James. They have said themselves, Allah cannot be known. So how can you have a, a relationship with God then? Well, you can't. It's he he can't be known. He, he's known as the God. And I gave that quote from. Uh, Matthew 11, I slightly misquoted it, Matthew 11. Uh, again, if you're not even a saved person, these are wonderful words. Matthew 11, 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Yeah. Could be an Islamic man or Islamic woman wanting to do their jihad. Don't do it. Don't waste your life. And I will give you rest, permanent rest, but it starts here in this lifetime. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. He has the words of God. Deuteronomy 18. And I'll give you rest, take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Muhammad wasn't meek wow. and lowly in heart. Muhammad would get angry because people would reject him. They would say to Muhammad, do some miracles. You call yourself a prophet. Moses could do miracles. Jesus could do miracles. He couldn't do any. And he couldn't get people to follow him, so he got the old sword out, going back to Thomas Holland's book. For I am meek and lowly in heart. Yeah. What was that, Patrick? People. He did cut people down because yeah. they wouldn't bend the knee to him. <laughs> and you shall find rest unto your souls. We love that verse. I love that verse. Wow, lovely, yeah. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So our Islamic friends, we don't hate you. We're not going to allow the devil to uh, see you perish. We will do what we can to get you saved. But of course, you got to come to Christ on his terms, not on your own. Uh, read the New Testament. <laughs> don't be scared about it. Don't be... Uh, indifferent about it. I know many of our uh, Jewish friends hate the New Testament. They say this book can't be trusted. Uh, and of course a Jew has a very similar mindset to the Muslim as does a Catholic. Very self-righteous. Have you noticed that over the years, brothers? Very yes. self-righteous. Yes. I'm a good man. I go to the mosque. I pray. Very holy man, like the Apostle Paul, a Pharisee of the Pharisees. And when Paul got saved, what would he say? It was all done. Yeah, nothing to offer the Lord, and, and uh, Paul got saved, and hopefully many Muslims will get saved. Uh, God willing. Any final thoughts, brothers, before we wrap this message up? Yeah, I, I think another label you could stick on to is idolatry. Mm. I think, but the good thing is, the good news is, praise the Lord, is that there are Muslims who are coming out of it, who are getting saved. Yes, as well as as well as those from the Jewish faith as well. 
So there is this movement going on, not as great as it could be, but I think that ought to be mentioned and certainly encouraged. Absolutely. And uh, as we get near to the rapture, I hope more will come to the Lord. Martin, any final thoughts? Yes, uh, my message to everyone, my final message would be the mighty one of Israel has already been here on earth. The blessed son of the God Almighty, Jesus Christ. Get yourself a holy Bible, make sure it's a King James one. My challenge to every Muslim and every other person out there, read the Gospel of John. Yeah. Just read it. See what you see see what happens. Jehovah God, you've got a willing spirit. And I'll give a final reading from the book of Revelation, if I may. Chapter, 20, chapter 22, verse 20. He which testifies these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. The last words of the Bible. Amen indeed. Amen. Amen. Okay, brothers, thank you for this evening. We got there in the end. Some technical problems at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, this type of a topic is depressing. It's uh, very much yeah. effective. People don't want to touch it. And again, yeah. I'll put one final question to our audience. If they are last. Yeah. One final question. Ask yourself this, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Atheist. Why do you think that Christianity is always scrutinized and Islam is not? Why do you think that Christianity is always ridiculed in the movies? Islam is not. Why do you think that Christ is always blasphemed? OMG, JC. Yep. so on and so forth muhammad never is never is you, you put muhammad to jesus they don't even compare i mean muhammad was a violent angry man had women all yep. over the place had concubines <clears throat> as well christ would respect women the first person who would see him after the resurrection was a woman yeah a woman ask yourself that you know we talk about conspiracies and sometimes people say conspiracy this conspiracy that but that is a conspiracy yeah, yeah. to attack christ to attack Christianity, to ridicule the Bible, but those same hypocrites, those same cowards, don't take on the Quran. They don't open up the Quran or the Hadith and go to it page by page. You don't see any documentaries on Netflix or HBO or is it Hulu or Rulu, whatever that channel is called. You don't see any documentaries about Muhammad, the man, his roots, or the uh, lack of evidence for his uh, existence. And yet when Thomas Holland did his documentary, it was quickly pulled. Yeah. There's a conspiracy. There's a conspiracy. Yeah. Don't think it, don't, there isn't. And of course, the uh, spirit of this world is the devil. Second yeah. Corinthians four: For he's blinded the minds and the hearts of those who don't want to believe the truth. So it's horrific if you die without Christ. But if you come to Christ, you'll be saved and set free. And all that religion will just go out the window, and you'll be born again, washed in the blood. And that's our prayer for any Muslim who's watching this video or this live stream this evening to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Any final thoughts, brothers, before we sign out? No, thank you for putting all of this together and getting us all here tonight. That's a miracle in itself, it seems, with so many glitches. And uh, from Martin's end and from my end, but praise the Lord, it all did come together. And Amen. thank you, uh, all of you as well, and may you have a peaceful evening. God bless you both, brothers, and thank you for joining us. And uh, thank you for bearing with us as we got uh, the technical issues are ironed out and we got there in the end and uh, god bless you all in jesus name amen praise amen. the lord thank you martin thank you james right. thank right. you